Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas, and this is our Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. As we continue to uh, go through the, the New Testament, now we are past the Gospels into to Acts and the, the epistles that, that Paul has written. So we are going to be in 1 Corinthians 16 today, uh, so the last chapter of 1 Corinthians. Uh, then we'll be uh, in Acts 19, and then 2 Corinthians chapters 1 and the first part of chapter 2. Okay, So that's uh, 1 Corinthians 16, Acts 19, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and a part of chapter 2. All right, so as we uh, look at chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, he's, Paul is wrapping up uh, his letter to Corinth, and um, he is uh, telling them kind of his future plans, that he uh, wants to come and visit them again. Um, he's also talking about how he's collecting money to send down to those who need it in Jerusalem. Um, he mentions in chapter 16, verse 8, it says, But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many ad ad adversaries. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say adversities, but it's actually adversaries, I guess, a similar thing. And, and so isn't it interesting how he sees uh, adversaries or adversity uh, as open doors to him? And he... We're going to see that here in Acts, what was going on in Ephesus. Um, and uh, then in uh, verse 13, he says, uh, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. I thought that was interesting. Stand fast in the faith, be brave, um, be strong. Um, there's many times throughout Scripture that it talks about how we need to be courageous. We need to be brave uh, because if not, we are going to just give in uh, to the easy path and we're going to give in to what the world says is right or what is what is wrong rather than following a biblical truth no matter what uh, changes around us. And uh, that's just extremely important. And I, I hope that you know that it's, it's not going to be easy um, to live your life for Christ. Uh, you, you do have to be brave. You have to be strong. Um, and commit to, to living for him. Um, then he gives, he says, you know, he, uh, kind of mentions a few people and, you know, gives his final greetings there in 1 Corinthians 16. Then Acts chapter 19, what we have is a riot. Um, uh, Ephesus was a, a very religious city, especially for the uh, pagan uh, goddess of Diana or Artemis. Um, she, uh, Athena, there's different, different names, uh, for her. Um, but we see that, uh, what the problem was is they had kind of become known for that. So there were people who basically sold merchandise or sold idols, like literal idols of the goddess. And now that people are turning to Christ and rejecting those pagan gods and pagan idols, um, it's hurting business. And so shockingly, when pocketbooks are impacted, um, people start lashing out. And so what you have is uh, you have all of these uh, shrines that are made to Diana. There's a man named Demetrius who was a silversmith, and he was getting very upset. He said, men, you know this verse 25 of chapter 19. Men, you know, uh, in Acts, sorry, Acts 19, verse 25. 
Uh, men, you know that we are, have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying they are not gods which are made with hands. Uh, so not only uh, is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana uh, may be despised and her magnificence destroyed whom all of Asia, Asia and the world worship. Well, he was right in that, uh, but he wasn't going to go down without a fight. Um, and uh, and I, I love just the impact that Paul is having, or that the gospel message, it's not just Paul, but working through Paul, the gospel message is changing that culture where they are pushing those pagan religions out. Um, is pretty awesome. It's also kind of sad that we are welcoming those pagan religions back in, but that's for another time. Um, verse 28. Uh, or 29 says the whole city was filled with confusion. So they started ca causing confusion, just stirring up trouble. Um, it was basically that mob mentality. Let's just get people going. Um, so the whole fit city was filled with, with confusion, rushed into, rushed into the theater with one accord, um, uh, seized a couple of Paul's companions. Paul wanted to go, but they begged him and they did not let him go because they were afraid of where this may uh, head. But isn't it interesting? There are people that are they're going to the theater. That was where things were debated. Um, and there's a lot of people, they don't even know why they're going. But there's just all this chaos and it just encompasses uh, the community and the town. Um, those who sow so chaos, they know what they're doing. They're trying to get their way when they don't have the truth on their side. That is the same as we see today. Those who sow chaos are usually doing it because they do not have the truth on their side. Um, we uh, can continue on. Uh, the uh, 32, some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused. Most of them did not know why they had come together. <laughs> and they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. Um, then they got mad at, at, at him as well. Um, then in verse 35, it says, Men of Ephesus, what man uh, is there who does not know that the city of Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly, uh, for you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of yours, uh, of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar. There being no reason which we may give account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. So this is kind of shocking. The pagan leader who believed that Diana was a goddess said, this is not the way that we do things. We do things through an orderly and lawful way. Um, and, and he was confident that the truth would be told, would be uh, found out in his version of the truth. Well, sure enough, that's not what ended up happening. Uh, but he actually stood up for um, doing things the right way rather than sowing chaos. Um, then it, you have just the very beginning of chapter 20. It says, after the uproar, uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. Right? So he knew things were getting hot, and he, it was safer for him uh, to move somewhere else. 
Then we have 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is kind of interesting. Uh, some people say it could be a combination of four letters. There's a, a severe letter that Paul references. There's a couple of different things, um, but we don't fully know. Um, it, it, it very well could be a, uh, a compilation uh, of those letters, or it could be that there's some letters that we don't have. Um, it doesn't, to me, that's not really um, all that significant. We can learn um, quite a bit through this letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians. This is a, a group that Paul has uh, a, a lot of issues with and is uh, finds challenging uh, to deal with the with the Corinthians. Um, he starts off Second Corinthians chapter one. Um, I, I think this is just so important that we we hear these these types of words. Verse three of Second Corinthians chapter one. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers in, of sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. We see all through Scripture that following God, following Christ, proclaiming the gospel will lead to sufferings, will lead to tribulation. That, that is just a, a, a harsh reality, but it also leads to the consolations, the comfort of God. It also leads to the joy that is found in following him, a joy that can only be found in the midst of uh, suffering. Um, we don't like to hear that, but that is the truth. Do not let the world's um, uh, definition of what suffering is, that it should be avoided at all costs, um, uh, lead you away from the truth that we find throughout Scripture. Um, he talks about how they were delivered from suffering. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, verse 9, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Right? Then in verse 12, for our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God with more abundant towards you. Um, he, uh, he then con continues to, to talk about uh, the things that he would like to do and how he would like to come, but he's not sure if he's going to be able to come. Um, then he, he says, you know, it may be difficult for me to come because I, I'm, I'm going to be giving you some pretty harsh um, teachings. You may not want to see me. <laughs> so Paul is going through all of that. Um, then he talks about forgiving the offender because he knows that they're going to feel like he has offended them and he's calling out some of the, them. He says, uh, verse four of chapter two, uh, second Corinthians for out of much affliction and anguish of my heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. And then verse 10, now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sake in the presence of Christ, 
lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Right? Unforgiveness, uh, allowing things to fester and not dealing with them, gives Satan a foothold to destroy the unity, to destroy the effectiveness of any group. And so uh, we're going to stop right there. Uh, next time we're going to pick up in the last half of second of the second chapter of Second Corinthians, and we will go through um, uh, part of chapter seven of Second Corinthians. So two through seven of Second Corinthians for Tuesday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you then.